Welcome to the Index Podcast, hosted by Alex Kahaya. Plug in as we explore new frontiers with Web3 and the decentralized future. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Index, brought to you by The Graph, where we talk with the entrepreneurs building the next wave of the internet. I'm your host, Alex Kahaya, and today on the Index, we have not one, but two special guests joining us, Ola Muse and Karthik Kalyanaraman, the co-founders of Scale3 Labs. Scale3 Labs is an innovative Web3 platform that's making waves in the blockchain industry by providing next-generation solutions for monitoring and maintaining blockchain networks and nodes. This is a topic that I'm really excited to talk about with you guys. I've spent a ton of time <laughs> looking at blockchain infrastructure, as all will remember from the last time we spoke. And I think you guys have developed a pretty novel solution. So, you know, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Great. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Alex. So, Ola, why don't you start off? I'd love to hear, like, just for everybody listening, your background. And then, Karthik, we can get into yours. And then we'll go, like, talk more about the company. Oh, great. Yeah, thanks. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. My parents are immigrants from Nigeria. When I was eight, I think 10 years old, I relocated back to Nigeria with my parents and stayed there for about nine years, then came back to the States for college. I was really glad to have those formative years in, in, in Nigeria where I got to see the environment different from the United States, right? Those background and those learnings helped shape just how I am, my future, my career, and where I am right now. Awesome. I can go next. Yeah, so I grew up in India, moved to the US back in 2013 to do my master's degree in computer science. Actually, originally I came from electrical engineering and then like switched midway, realizing that computers is what I wanted to do. Graduated back in 2014, worked at VMware, was my first job out of college. Was there for about three years and being in the Bay Area for the first time, looking at all the innovation and entrepreneurship happening around me. I kind of thought to myself, I, I wanted to do something like this at some point in my life. And I started acquiring skill set along the way. And then midway through, I kind of realized I'm on a visa in the US that creates problems for me to start my own thing. So me and my wife back in 2018, we made a move up the north to Canada, where uh, immigration is, is, is like a little bit easier. So we moved here. I joined a startup a fintech company called Stilt, where I was like a founding engineer for their neobank product, built a checking account, savings account, international remittances, credit builder, all of this during the peak of the pandemic. Pivotal experience for me in terms of acquiring all the necessary skill set to build a company end-to-end. And later in 2021, joined Coinbase, worked with Ola there, and that's where we kind of realized, okay, there is there is something here that we can do differently. And we quit in August of last year to start the company. Awesome. Yeah. And Ola, I think it's notable. You've worked at some pretty well-known companies as well. You know, you've been in, you've been at Coinbase, Dropbox and Microsoft. What was your role at those companies? And like, how did that lead to this company? I would say every role kind of built to where your path gets ordered to the next level. I started my career at Dell as a software engineer. I wrote software that that would deploy to uh, manufacturing servers. From there, I went to enterprise uh, data center consulting, led teams doing that. From there, I went to work for Microsoft 
at Microsoft, also backend infrastructure, where I led teams working on SharePoint and OneDrive infrastructure at Microsoft. I worked at Adobe as well, and also worked at Dropbox, also leading backend infrastructure for this, these companies, right? And the, the, the key thing there is we are the um, foundational layer of any company, right? That we are the folks that people don't know about, right? But it make the company run. So the DevOps, the SRE, when you find out about us is when things are not working and people are like, hey, what's going on with my server? What's going on with my development environments? And how do I fix those things? That's where, kind of where my team shine. How I got into Coinbase and into crypto, I would say, having been doing this for the last uh, 20 plus years, about seven years ago, a friend of mine used to live in the UK, moved to the United States, founded a crypto company. And he, he would always tell me about crypto, but I'm like, yeah, that's something that I'm, I, don't, I don't understand. I'm not interested. It's all fluff. But over time, as, as we kept on having conversations about it, I spent some time researching it. So there's a quote that people fear what they don't understand. And I, I use that quote to say, I want to understand what crypto is about. And I decided to go deeper into it. So I spent about three to four months really researching, educating myself. And I guess I saw the light at the end of the tunnel with regards to the technology and also the opportunity, particularly for decentralization and how this could also help emerging countries, aka Nigeria, India, and other countries like that. While I was doing that research, I was working at Dropbox at the time. I had this idea of like, we need to do something at Dropbox to to get into the crypto space because we were seeing patterns of people trying to hack into Dropbox to look for crypto keys. And so we saw different patterns like that. So I had an idea of like, hey, we needed to have a wallet technology or vault technology, look for ways to do NFT because people put their pictures on Dropbox's servers. Went through that process, did a pitch to the leadership team. We went through a hack week hackathon process. We were able to build a hack um, process where you can mint pictures from Dropbox all the way to OpenSea. And we won some awards for doing that. And that really helped crystallize the idea of um, this being something we could really do. But during that uh, process, um, I was also interviewing at Coinbase. I was able to get a job at Coinbase. And my, my, my charter at Coinbase was to lead uh, a team to go support and update almost 40 plus protocols for Coinbase. So I was employee number one. I was charged to build this team to support and lead and grow and engineer how we do protocol updates for Coinbase. Keep in mind, Coinbase has a lot of protocols as an exchange. Those infrastructure cannot go down because people trade on it every day. And how do you manage that? How do you, like, like they say, fly the plane and build it at the same time? How do you do upgrades without not losing money right, for the, for the infrastructure? And that's how I got into doing this. That's how I met Karthik. Karthik was my um, first engineer I hired, convinced him to join me, um, built a team to about 30 folks doing this for Coinbase. And that's part of how the idea came about to um, find uh, Skill 3. Wow, what a heavy lift. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And like, I think like a lot of people who haven't worked in this space probably don't realize yet, like just how early the technologies still are. A lot of the infrastructure to do basically anything in crypto is still not there. Like you're every time you're building things, you're building them from scratch. A lot of the times you're like looking at all the available solutions. You're like, but it does, it's not flexible enough or it doesn't, you know, there's nothing out there that like 
completely serves any single use case. It's getting better. We've come a long way. Like I've been in the space since 2016, late 2016, we've come a long way, but like doing what you're talking about is there, there probably was no process for upgrading it. Like they didn't even know how to upgrade all of them or what the implications are. And the backbone of this entire space is DevOps. I mean, it's servers, right? And it's, it's thousands, it's tens of thousands of like individuals running servers in a lot of cases, which is crazy. I think that's why you and I hit it off the first time we met, but it's because I've been spent a lot of time trying to solve this problem. Like, how do you get servers to thousands of people across the world and in a decentralized way, like every single data center and ASN on the planet? My next question, the like next natural question is like, what does Scale 3 do? Before we get there, I want to hear from both of you. Maybe we can start with Karthik first. You mentioned something that caught my ear that I think is really useful for people to hear. That's like sort of higher order. It's like, what is Web3 all about? And specifically, because that was the thing you were like trying to figure out. I mean, you saw the light at the end of the tunnel. You said, but I want to dig deeper, especially because you both come from, well, you were born in the US, but you spent a ton of time in Nigeria. You're both from outside the US basically and have seen a lot of the world. And I think a lot of people don't actually understand what Web3 is all about and the impact in that context. Because I think that's where the biggest opportunities are for impact. Maybe not profit necessarily, but probably profit too. So yeah, Karthik, like what is Web3 about? What does it mean to you? And what's that impact based on your experience? For me, Web3 is all about freedom, I would say, freedom and interoperability. To me, Web3 really clicked when I had this foundational experience, I would say. This happened back in 2021 when I bought my first NFT from OpenSea. And just to like get in with the craze and I just like bought the NFT from OpenSea and uh, I was just like playing with it. But then I kind of knew that the NFT was basically custodied on my wallet and not on OpenSea's platform. And when I switched to something like Rarible and connected my wallet, I could see the NFT that I just bought on OpenSea there. It was just like available. And the switching was like seamless. And I kind of like compared this experience to like Web2. Like for instance, if I wanted to take all my content from Facebook to some other social platform, I cannot do that today. It's behind like a closed ecosystem. And that's when Web3 really clicked for me from a user experience point of view. So what that really means is the data and, and all the IPs is, is, is present on the blockchain. It's not owned by like a centralized entity. And anybody can go build an application on top of blockchains and get all of that traffic from day one. Like if, if you want to compete against Facebook or Twitter today, you, you cannot do that. Even if you had the best engineering team, you cannot do it from day one because it's, it's all about network effects and you need to convince a lot of people to join your social networking platform. But you can do that on blockchains. If you want to go compete against, let's say, decentralized social or like Farcaster or whatever, all the accounts and all the data is available for you to build a, build like an awesome application on top. So that's one thing. The second thing is uh, all, all about money. So me being an immigrant moving from India, one thing that I constantly do is send money back to India. And I use like a lot of remittance providers for that. And I'm always comparing a bunch of remittance providers as to like who gives me the best exchange rate, who has the lowest fees. 
and who gets my money fast across the continent right so when i looked at web3 and i realized it's just a swap from one account to another account and then off off ramping from crypto to fiat that was like mind blowing to me and this is i i could feel this because uh, while i was looking into crypto i was like simultaneously building a web2 fintech application for stilt which was my previous employer and i was building the remittances product and to make api integrations in order to enable money transfers across different co- countries it was a it was a huge mess like i could see it's how brittle the foundational infrastructure was in in uh, traditional finance and i kind of realized how neat and easy it was to do with crypto so i i would say these were the two major things like freedom to move your money around easily it kind of felt native to the internet that's one thing as as a software engineer and as a software nerd i could see that this is like a way better user experience compared to what we have today and second being interoperability karthik well said those two are values i i also follow right so again being child of an immigrant right we all send money back home we help team members um back home as well but i i think coinbase mission says it all for me right i worked at coinbase i looked at the value system before i joined the company the mission is to increase um economic freedom in the world right and we know there construct today in i would say the web2 world where there's a financial system there's a process there's a swift process to transfer money everybody gets a fee in nigeria and also emerging countries right the government today can just say everything shuts down and that's it right they they block the banks you can transfer money they block you from from twitter you can't do anything but with web3 and the ecosystem there's no restrictions right you can get on there uh build your own small community build your own small ecosystem and transact and communicate and exchange money exchange art just communicate as well so nobody's like blocking you or restricting how you communicate there's just different channels for freedom right so that way the government doesn't clamp down on you just because uh you oppose what they believe right so that whole economic freedom really resonates with me i think it's the future that's part of why i'm excited to be here based on all the research that i've done before i got into the space I can agree more. I and mean, this is stuff that I've heard time and again, especially from people who have the experience and background that you two do. Let's talk about infrastructure. What is Scale 3 and why are you building it? Why does it matter? Um I I would say how we form Scale 3 and I'll let Karthik kind of get into it. Uh quick TLDR. I Karthik and I worked at Coinbase. We had grown the team. Last year, 2020, uh summer, we went to the I went to the Bitcoin conference in Miami. after the day of conference and meeting people there was dinners and um things that happened at night and every place i went to for dinner people say hey what do you do i say i work for coinbase and the next question is how do i fix my notes so after the fourth uh conversation like that i went back to my hotel i uh, was with a buddy of mine and i called i actually called karthik i said hey this is the problem statement this is what we're seeing can we just get a white paper together around how do we solve this Karthik came back to me 2 days later with a white paper on how to solve it. I said, "Hey, do you want to go do this together?" He said, "Yes." We bootstrapped the company. The name Scale 3 really means scaling web 3. So, in case the 3 what does that mean? The theme behind the company is how do you scale web 
and how do you uh, just get it to the next level with regards to infrastructure and insights and observability. Karthik, I'll let you add to that. The key takeaway for me while working at Coinbase was there is like a lot of innovation and development happening at the application layer in Web3. But a lot of foundational infrastructure problems are still to be solved. If you compare that against Web2, the way Web2 onboarded millions or billions of users today is by iteratively approaching and moving up the stack. It started with solving for HTTP, TCP, IP, and whatnot. And then the applications were built on top of that. Like browsers were built first, then mobile came about, and then applications started booming, right? In Web3, it's kind of happening, like both are happening at the same time. And uh, what we learned from the last bull market was that there was like a severe over-optimization towards building applications. And the number of people or companies trying to solve at the infrastructure level was like minimal. That was like a key takeaway, at least for me, when I worked at Coinbase. That kind of led us to starting Scale 3. So essentially... At Scale 3, the core problem that we are trying to solve is what are the tools or picks and shovels that you need in order to run and manage nodes and validators efficiently, right? So if you are talking about decentralization, one of the major challenges for a lot of L1s and L2s today is how how can I onboard onboard a validator or, or an aspiring validator runner or a node runner onto my blockchain? with as minimal friction as possible. And if you just go look at the Discord, the node operators Discord or the validators Discord of several ecosystems out there, people are genuinely interested and curious to run their own validators and node nodes, but they just don't have the tools, necessary tools available for them to run it and maintain it on a daily basis. And that's also kind of causing some form of centralization wherein you will you have node infrastructure providers providing RPC nodes and delegated staking providers, etc. But that's that's essentially what Scale3 is trying to solve, which is by building a product that lets you run a node, monitor the node, get alerted if your node goes down, and manage your node with as minimal uh, manual intervention as possible on a day-to-day basis. That's like our overarching vision. Makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I, yeah, I've definitely seen the same thing, right? Running nodes in blockchain networks is hard and it's run by hopefully thousands of individuals. All that coordination effort, not to mention the technical effort is, is pretty tough. And you guys have parts of your stack, your technology stack that kind of solve for all of that, which is really cool. And that's for like the individuals, but on the enterprise side, you know, you guys obviously solved this problem at Coinbase in some ways, which sort of like led to this product. Like, tell me about that. Are you guys working with like professional RPC providers and uh, and like exchanges and stuff? Like, where are you since the last time we spoke? We are currently working with Mistin Labs with the SWE blockchain. So we our inaugural product, Autopilot, we, we, we formed a relationship with Mistin Labs early on. So Mistin Labs is providing Autopilot to... 1500 of their node operators and essentially to provide the node operator community with with the necessary tooling to run and manage their nodes and we are also in conversation with several several of other node infrastructure providers staking operators crypto funds that run their own staking nodes exchanges etc like anyone and everyone who is running their own nodes 
And we are also kind of taking a community-driven approach in the sense that we are building community tools, like free tools for the ecosystem of node operators across different ecosystems, thereby building a trust with the community. We are also, while simultaneously building the flagship autopilot product that is catered towards like a much more mature audience. So Yeah, this is the way, man. I love it. I think a lot of people that are in our space probably don't realize how big open source software is and how important being a contributor to open source software is. And it's it's honestly become my my only focus in, in professionally is building what I started talking about is unstoppable open source software. I have a company called Olaplex. We make tools for enterprises and brands to really quickly get into the NFT space and digital collectibles without any like technology experience. And then we give developers like Web2 APIs that to just hit and quickly build those end consumer experiences because a lot of them want this custom stuff. And the entire technology stack is open source. And a lot of people like are surprised that I'm building a SaaS business in that way. But my view is the pie is huge, right? There's a huge market. And if I get every one of my competitors using these tools, forking them, using them to build their business, I have one. I just built software that will never die, regardless of what happens to me or my company. And then I just have to outcompete them on sales and I'll probably outcompete you in sales. Um, you know, yeah, honestly, that's exactly our thinking as well. There's no point in, uh, we're a decentralized organization with regards to web three. There's no point in building a closed technology that you have to onboard and train people on and just reinvent the wheel. And I think that's how we've been able to scale very quickly, right? In four months that we formed the company, we have almost 10 protocols on our platform and we have right now almost uh, 1400 users. We're streaming millions of metrics a week just because we're able to move faster and the community is embracing uh, open source technology because it's easy for them to understand. As Karthik mentioned, we're offering free community tools that people can use and that allows us to scale very quickly while also contributing to the community. That's amazing. Congrats on that growth. I mean, that's that's really great. I was just looking at your pricing there. You're doing great. <laughs> Fair. Thanks, thanks for saying that. Right now, we still have a free tier. We, we will turn on the pay tier later. Still, good funnel, good traction. A lot of people loving your product. That's yes, good. yes. So, and like you know, startups. I and mean, where I'm in the same position. Like your purpose is to get product market fit, right? So, product market fit. I define that as you know, we know what our revenue model is, and that's scaling, and we're capturing that value, and people love our product. That's when you know you have product market fit. Right now, what you have is product solution fit, which is awesome, and you're gonna get to product market fit for sure. It's just you know, finding that right structure. And probably the structure you have that you're testing right now on your side is like the right one. I mean, it's pretty standard, right? That's that's actually the place you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You've seen successful infrastructure companies that provide this kind of tooling in Web2 and you can kind of just copy their path to market, which is great. Yeah, that, yeah, you're definitely right. And, and the segmentation really helps, right? You have blockchain networks, node hosting providers, staking infrastructure providers and crypto funds. And we would think those four categories, right? There's a lot of um, things we can do there to um, um, help support them. Yep. We're getting to the top of the show. We've got about five minutes left here. And I always like to ask people, you know, what have I not asked you that I should have asked or that you wanted to talk about? What I want to communicate is we are a team of builders at Scale 3. Our value system is very important to us, right? Those value systems are transparency, ownership, 
and no one being an asshole to each other, right? Just make sure we can all work together. Sorry if I'm, I said the A word. I, You're allowed to okay. cuss. I, 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 I'll <laughs> drop an occasional F bomb on here. It's all good. All right, all right, cool. Hopefully it's okay, right? So those values are very important to us, right? And because of those values, we're very open with each other. We execute efficiently. We, we are moving very fast. We care about each other as we're doing this, right? I just want to mention that the value system is very important to us. And I think that's how we've been able to scale very quickly in the last four months. Karthik? Maybe one question I would say is, why does monitoring a node matters if people can go get a node from Alchemy or Blockdaemon or something like that, right? This is a common question that a lot of people ask us as well. I think the, the important delineation here is there are two kinds of node runners in the community. One is the RPC providers, which is which is what you get from Alchemy, Blockdaemon and others, and which is honestly important for developers to build decentralized applications on top. As a developer, you wouldn't want to run your own node. Like It's like setting up your own servers back in 2000. Yeah. To build no, yeah, app. you need your own DevOps team. Like it's It's just not something you want to handle. Exactly. But the other group of folks are validators, and these are these are people who cannot go to AWS or Alchemy to run their own validator. Or they shouldn't. To... Yeah, <laughs> they shouldn't. <laughs> so that that's the kind of group of people that we are primarily targeting on top of RPC providers. Our long-term vision is to make it super simple, even for a DApp developer to set up and run their own nodes if they bring their own infrastructure. But that world is like pretty far away from us at the moment. But at least enabling aspiring validators to run their own, set up and run their own validators, like make basically democratizing enablement of running nodes and managing nodes is what we are excited to build for. Fantastic. And I love that you made the, the distinction between like the RPC providers and which I guess the the web two exam it's kind of like AWS. It's like a place you can just get self service access to like APIs to build things on, versus like running a validator. And running a validator means you're actually doing the work to provide the security guarantees to a network. That is a much deeper and more demanding job, especially if you're um, running on like a high throughput blockchain. It's much harder. And it's essential. And so lowering the barrier to that helps achieve one of the big core missions of Web3, which is decentralization and censorship resistance. Love what you guys are building. I also just love your background from how you got into this job and this company you're building. It's just you're battle tested, right? Like you've been through a lot of this already. So really, yes, really yes. thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for the time. We definitely appreciate it. For everybody listening, if you want to connect with any of us, I'm at AF Kahaya. That's A-F-K-E-H-A-Y-A on Twitter. I'm going to start saying this at the end of every one of my episodes. I haven't been doing it, but I would really love to connect with our audience more. And Karthik and Ola, do you guys have Twitter handles you want to share with people so they can hit you up and like connect if they want to connect? Yeah, mine is at O-L-A underscore O-S-E. And mine is at at Karthik Kalyan 90. So it's K-A-R-T-H-I-K-K-A-L-Y-A-N 90 on Twitter. We also want to encourage everyone to please check out our website, scale3labs.com, sign up for the product, test it out, give us feedback. We would love to hear from you all. When we tweet this out, when this episode goes live, you guys can all look at the tweet. We'll tag Karthik and Ola and Scale3. So you know you can also just follow that path. But if you're listening, hit us up. If you enjoyed the show, Give us a review, tell your friend.
uh, spread the word. There's some great stuff happening here. And uh, thanks everybody for listening in. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Bye. You just heard the Index Podcast with your host, Alex Kahaya. If you enjoyed this episode, please give the show a five-star rating and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or your favorite streaming platform. New episodes available every other Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. Thank <laughs> you.